With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style. Not to mention top tech to help keep you connected. Plush premium interiors and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years, with a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously, dear gas prices, do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota Hybrids. Find yours at toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Based on manufacturer estimates, see why 2000 through 2021 sales. It is the Blue Room, it is your weekly show, and we've got a win to talk about. I'm joined to chat about it by Mike Diasha. Hello, Mike. Hiya. Hannah Farrell. Hello, Hannah. Hi. And Sarah Halpin. Hello, Sarah. Hello, guys. Good to speak to you. Sarah's got a little bit of a robot voice. We're hoping that we can, we can cling on. With, with it's not going to get better. I'm just anxious to just feel it. Yeah, just Sarah's on a train currently going through Kathmandu. Let's just accept <laughs> it. <laughs> Nightmare. Apologies about this, guys. No, you've actually absconded from the city, haven't you, Sarah, to get away from the Reds, lifting the title tonight? Well, that's right. Yeah, my poor girlfriend's actually uh, house-sitting for me at the moment. And uh, she's, she's a United fan as well. So, actually, she's just as miserable as I probably would have been. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stay away for a couple of days, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we're going we're to push on anyway. Uh, the producer in Hannah, I can see, is a little bit on edge. I was going to say, send me this when it's done, and I'm going to like try and put some compression on it, because that's really irritating me. It's fine. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Why don't you on? There we go. <laughs> but no, we've, uh, we've, we've, got a, we've got a word to chat about, of course, uh, the Sheffield United game. Uh, we've also got fun games to chat about with Emil Hoiberg. Um, 
Everton were looking like they were going to sign him about 24 hours ago, according to some journalists. But now it looks like they're not going to be signing him because uh, Pearcey's on his way to Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, we'll talk about a few other things as well. We've had, we've had questions. Uh, the first question of which, actually, we, 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 I want to address now. Um, Sarah, you were on the telly on Monday when Everton scored, um, doing the, the fan cam, and, and Foxy said, uh, what, what, what was that experience like? I mean, just, just talk us through it. Did you have a celebration pre-planned when Everton scored? <laughs> Definitely not, mate. Definitely not. Um, I don't think I was necessarily anticipating us to score that game. So, <laughs> no, it was a... Uh... It's a decent experience, to be honest. First and foremost, you get a boss little stream of the game to watch. So uh, uh, I enjoyed that. And um, yeah, I think it was, it was definitely a strange feeling watching and flashing up on the screen as a, a supposed fan when we're all so used to being there in the flesh and celebrating them. Um, so yeah, just, a, just a, little, a little air fist pump, I think I'll give it, and a little come on and... Uh, yeah, I was just pleased to see that, that that ball flying to the back of the net and what a great goal it was. And 15th for the season, was it, for Richie? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, delighted with that, mate. Absolutely delighted. Did you get a little warning beforehand from, like, the producer or something that, right, Everton are going to score here, get ready to go mental? Or was it very much a case of they wanted, wanted sporadic and, you know, off the court? Yeah, it's honestly, know? like, the easiest thing. So, they just send you a link of the match and basically you're just watching it and you forget that they're even filming you, but... I just had to keep saying to myself, like, because I've actually done a few, but I think we've only scored like twice. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a pretty drab one all with uh, with Southampton, the, the Villa one. Uh, I had to sit through the Wolves game and all that. So, um, yeah, I, I think I did pretty well not to swear, to be honest with you, Matt. And uh, um, that's all the sort of warnings you get. You're not allowed to drink or do drugs whilst you <laughs> whilst you're uh, being recorded. So, so I managed to stick to them guidelines and not swear. And uh, we got a cheeky win in there as well. So, yeah, it was it was an experience. But the sooner um, people can get back to the game and, and experience, I didn't think it's something I was going to be doing. Look, but football since the restart has just gone mad, hasn't it? It doesn't it doesn't really feel quite real. But um, yeah just pleased to see that we finally got a win and a, and a decent performance as well the other day. So, some positives to take. Um, Hannah, what would your fan camp celebration be? Uh, oh, I don't know, you know. I'd definitely be blazzed, like, probably. So, I do think I'd be allowed on the... I think I wouldn't meet the guidelines. Just giving her fingers to the screen, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, do, I couldn't imagine myself on it. I think I'd be just be awkward, like, off, off away from the camera. Wouldn't be good telly. I I prefer to tell people. <laughs> tell people rather what? than myself. <laughs> tell people what to do and shit. I don't want to be the ones doing it. Oh, I've just pressed record. There you go. Call yourself a producer. Um. <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> it flashed up on me math. But yeah, um, no, I uh, I think I'd be all because I wouldn't be good telly doing it. Just give it a little golf clap. Yeah, or I get like a picture of someone. Do you know what I mean? Like someone off jog and like. So now I can't think of somebody. So you got a picture of somebody to do? You what? know what I mean? When people have had like pays to have like pictures of like Dominic Cummins or like Purple Aki and shit like that. Like, uh, something uh, like that. Just to like mix it up a bit, I think. Well, there's one on BT the other day, wasn't it, saying Savage is a wanker on his Zoom <laughs> scrap? Yeah, I, I saw that in the corner, actually. I yes, see, I'd be that person. Slippery there. <laughs> what about you, Mike? Um, see, I don't know. I don't know if I'd actually enjoy the idea of me being recorded watching a game because unfortunately I've got one of them faces that just doesn't suit staring at things for a long time 
Like it just doesn't look good. Has like, anybody you, got a face like that though? Well, exactly. Like, but Brian notices it with me because obviously you, you see your own face a lot, don't you? Sometimes, but you know when you catch your own face and you've just been staring at something, like if it's the telly or if it's just the wall or whatever, and you'll just catch yourself just staring, and you'll like see, and you'll be like, "Oh my god, I look like that." Like when I'm staring at things, <laughs> that's what people see my face is like. It's not a good look. But I'll you're not going to be there for ages. It's only going to be if you celebrate and you're like, like you know, yeah, you won't have your true. stare face on then. You know about three or four seconds to make you, your impact. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. I go to pieces. I completely <laughs> go to pieces. I, I do that thing that we did when um, Theo Walcott scored the winner against Watford and we were all in your house, Matt, and I just collapsed to the floor. I just oh, go I to the floor, pieces. Yeah. That'd be it. But I tell you, it would be awful for this and it would be Dave Downey. Because you would just see the top of his head while he was scrolling on his phone. <laughs> That's all you'd see. Yeah. Might occasionally get his top off as well. You know, he's, oh, got, yeah. he's got a bit of a habit of doing that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know it's quality to see loads of blues enjoying that goal anyway. Um, on to, you know, hashtag serious football chat. Um, Hannah, I'll come to you first. Um, you said on Twitter on Monday night that something along the lines of, oh my word, have I just enjoyed Everton? playing a game of football. Um, what, what was it about the performance you enjoyed so much? Because I didn't hate them. Like, they were actually playing football. They were actually doing what they do. Like, the likes of Frank, the likes of Bramfweight, like, watching him was exciting. And it was, you know what, it wasn't until the second half, obviously, where she scored, like, four to six minutes or something, wasn't it? But it wasn't until, like, in the second half, I realised, oh, I've actually enjoyed watching this. Like, I'm not stressed. I don't want to turn it off. Like, I'm actually enjoying watching it. Um, I just feel like everybody's finally listened now, whether it was Coleman's rants or like Call of the Mounts or all of us just like ripping them to pieces. It appears like the likes of Gomez has had his best game since pre-injury, um, for arguing one of his best performances for us. I just feel like everybody sort of woke up and took all the stick on that they were sort of getting. And like even Warcross and everyone as well, who I... Not really, I've asked about some playing for us or not, but people like him as well. And Gordon as well. I'm gutted that he's not getting more game time, though. I know he's trying to protect him or whatever, but I think these are the games where he should be getting it, especially when we're going into buy stuff and that. But having Gordon come on as well, I suppose it was an enjoyable performance because it didn't feel stressed, which I normally feel stressed. I normally don't enjoy watching us. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you said, but I didn't get the dread late on either after we'd scored. They thought, oh no, there's a goal coming here, we're definitely going to concede. It didn't really ever feel like that. I know Mike probably did because he's the ultimate player in it. Um, I don't know about you, it just felt like Everton were in control of the whole thing. Yeah, completely, you know, seconding what Hannah said there as well. I enjoyed it, I felt comfortable, I felt calm, even at half time when it was nil nil, you know. We weren't really under any threat defensively. We looked so organised. Branthwaite as well, like Hannah just said, I think was was exceptional. You know, I felt sorry for him. His first action when he came on uh, a few games before, he'd you know he'd give away the free kick and lost his man. But I feel like since then he's just improved and his first start in the Premier League and what a thorough performance that was. And yeah, there wasn't that dread like late on. Um, I don't think Pickford had anything to do throughout the whole game. Defensively, we looked assertive, we looked organised, didn't allow them to create anything. And actually, you know, if we're if we're going to uh, be critical at all, it's that we, we we should really have probably put the game to bed um, and we need to be a little bit more clinical with, with them chances because we had a couple of chances in the game. But yeah, Gomez as well, like you said, was fantastic. Um, 
and you just need to see more of that. Something has obviously happened. I think once Coleman did said that the other day, it really highlighted, uh, you know, we've heard that spiel over and over, but it felt different this time. There was no hiding. He really called people out. And, you know, I was, I was a little surprised maybe to see even Gilfie starting with the captain's armband. Um, but we went with it and, uh, yeah, everyone, everyone did their bit and we just need to see more of that in the, in the final game and um, going forward, obviously. Mike? Um, I saw Gilfie Sigurdsson captain on the team sheet, so I went to the pub. I had a lovely time. <laughs> That nice. Um, you could have told but, me this before I asked you to come on the show, like you know. Well, well, well I got how, back. All right, how was the pub? Well, do you know what pub was lovely? I had some really nice pub crisps. Actually, that was um, that <laughs> was a pleasant little thing. Do you know when you just get a lovely set of pub crisps? But what flavour? Perfect. But um, I thought that the actual performance itself, because I came back and I actually did end up watching the game. I thought the actual performance itself was just pleasant in its sense oh wait unstable internet connection oh god all right you're there there? there. we can hear you we can hear you and see you you're fine oh oh never mind (laughs) there we go we're worried about sarah's connection and mike's the one who's jibbed it first uh guys can't be dealing with all of this remote stuff you just just can't code talk about a positive evidence performance that's what it is but, but, uh, ignored, it's locked ignored, him off. You ignored your question about the crisps as well, Han. I know, but then that's obviously because he couldn't hear me. Well, I hope anyway. Anyway, yeah. just the fact that he was being really rude. He's gone off the corner anyway. <laughs> we'll, we'll get him back on shortly. But you know, you, you both mentioned you both mentioned uh, Brantwaite there. You know, and I think for me, Han, I think you know, looking at me, Gordon coming into the side, and you sort of expect someone like with his technical ability and his his talent to have a few flashes in games, you know, it's not necessarily be in the game, but use the ball well and make mistakes, et cetera, et cetera. And it's quite forgiven to come on and play in a forward role or, you know, on, on the wing in, in some senses. But I think when you're a centre-back, there is nowhere to hide, especially up against, you know, and in, in some senses, it's it's probably tougher playing up against the, you know, like the yard dog centre-forwards, the, the Villa and, and um, the Sheffield United they've got in, in a lot of regards than the you know more technical players when you're that age. And for someone who's just 17 to come in and just, you know, he's been a little bit raw at times, a little bit green as you'd expect. But it, by and large, he's grown into every performance he's had and he's looked dead assured. Exactly. And for like his first start, it's it first start to be playing like that. And like, look at the like everybody was sort of stuff. Like, it was Ancelotti's um, comments afterwards. Normally, you'd get a manager being like, Oh, yeah, you know, that's why I picked him. And even he was like, It's unusual for his age to see a performance like that with that confidence. Like, for a player to play, like, what is it, two games and get comments saying that everyone genuinely thinks he'll be playing for England is absolutely massive. And for me, the best thing, what, like, highlights, like, what gives me, like, a good sign of stuff is because, like, that brand sports I mean, in January, what was it? It was, like, five, five, it was dead short, but it really wasn't an expensive buy at all. So if he's bringing in players like that, and that gives me a lot of hope because that's what we've got him there for. And the fact that he's only came in in January as his first start and has made waves, not even just with just blues across the boards, everyone praising, saying he could be in the England side and everything. It's massive and it's that exciting. It's like how, how excited we're about Gordon. We've got another young lad now to be excited about, so it's boss. You're on mute. 
It's all going wrong. But I, I think Sarah, that's one of the, the, the main reasons why, you know, Hannah was saying she enjoyed the performance. I think that, that is one of the reasons for sort of, you know, you, you look at that team and you've got something a little bit different to look at a different player to analyse. You, you learn about that player all the time. And I think when you when you see the same old, same old, particularly at this point in the season when we are in mid-table and we've got nothing to play for, you sort of want new stimuluses, don't you, when, you, when you're watching the football match? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we know where we're going to finish there or thereabouts and it's not anywhere where we'd like to be, obviously. So for now, it's about getting the performances as good as we can and focusing on the, on the positives, as you rightly say, which is the likes of Anthony Gordon, uh, Branthwaite now as well. You know, we, we haven't seen any of him really before so getting to discover what he's like and the passing on the lad and seeing how vocal he is and confident um making his opinions and you know heard across the pitch you, you love seeing that and even seeing sims on the bench there as well um i probably i probably would have liked to have seen a little bit of benny beningamy to be honest with you that said the midfield performance i think against sheffield was a lot more improved but um yeah, it's certainly good to see these young lads. And, you know, I would quite like to see Ellis Sims, you know, if we can if we can get ourselves in a position where we're a couple of goals up against Bournemouth, uh, hopefully. I'm not saying it'll be an easy game because they need to fight for everything they've got. But, you know, if we could see him dashed on for, for half an hour or so or play a bit of that game, I think that'd be good as well. But, yeah, we know... We know what a lot of these players have got to offer already in terms of the old guard and um, fingers crossed, I'd imagine we'd see an awful lot of them them moving on in the summer. So, yeah, it's nice to think about the exciting youth we've got coming through and also, you know, what we're going to add to that to, to build a team. And like what Hannah said about brands as well, that's the exact kind of player that we want to see more of, of Marcel Brands. I know there's a bit of dispute of who's signing he was, etc., but keep them coming like that and uh, and things look really bright for our future. Absolutely. Uh, Mike Diash is back. Uh, Mike, you got cut off midway saying that it was a, a pleasant performance and then and the line went. Um, maybe just you couldn't bring yourself to speak about a good Everton performance. I don't know. But, um, you know, we were speaking there, you know, give, give us your thoughts on the game as a whole and, of course, on, on Jared Brantwaite, who was excellent again. We'll see how long the line lets me on this time. Richard Branson probably just unplugged me about 10 seconds again because he's not <laughs> going to find me some days. Um, I thought that the game itself, it provided something that was quite bittersweet in a way. It was 4-3-3. Like it, was, it made me think that, do you know what? You can see that Everton's, unfortunately, Everton's marquee players, so your Gilfie Sigurdsons and the like, they really, really are suited to play in that system. And it's almost one of them where you think, well, if you would have done that maybe three or four weeks ago, maybe you would have got more out of these players and we would have maybe just gone into the summer with a bit more of a spring in our step, which is one of them. But then conversely, you think that if four four two is the system that Ancelotti wants to play, he's got to show those above him that, listen, these guys cannot do what I'm asking them to do. Please get rid of them. There's an element to that too. But I do think that it... Mm, pretty much adds to the idea that next season, I don't think 4-4-2 will be Everton's go-to formation because you have to find very, very specific players that are going to cost quite a bit of money to play that system. And it looks like Everton probably won't be able to find them this summer. So for me, I expect to see a little bit more chopping and changing in terms of the formation and that 4-3-3. It got the best out of Andre Gomez that we've seen for a long, long time. And I think we spoke about it a few months ago and it's almost this weird hypothesis you get with Everton that 
when Michael Keane plays well, Everton play well. When Andre Gomez plays well, Everton play well. And with both of those players, you have to move pieces around them to make that happen. And I think that we've got a system there that actually enables both of those pieces to work quite nicely together. And conversely, but that will change going forward. But I do think we'll see a lot more of the 4-3-3-4-2-3-1 next season as compared to just solely 4-4-2, which seemed to be the idea. But Branthwaite, it's just it's an interesting one for me because I think if you have a system to bring in a young player, this is the perfect time to do it. And we spoke about this probably back in February when the idea of restart was first prompted. And it was sort of a case of, well, they've got nothing to lose. But even that is quite dangerous for a young player because the lack of pressure can lead to lack of focus, lack of concentration, all those sorts of things. And Ancelotti spoke about it himself. He's surprised with how much focus the young lad has got. It, people are talking about it in terms of it poses Everton certain problems. I wouldn't say problems, just um, questions to answer about whether he should be in the squad next season. I think those sorts of conversations are way, way off. You can't be having those sorts of conversations after, what, one start and a couple of games. But I think if anyone watched Villa against Arsenal the other night, well, last night, then they will notice, I think his name was Kelvin Davis, the young lad up front for Villa, who... Same sort of thing where young lad, right? Go on, it's important games. Go and see what you can do, and he just just didn't work for him at all. Absolutely nothing. You could see like the nerves and the fact that he made the first mistake, and then it really played on his mind. Missed a good chance, and just then sort of really fell away from the game. And I think as Sarah was talking about then, the fact that Brantwaite's very first impact on a Premier League game was to give away a free kick that ends in a goal. And he's come back so well from that to then go and go, okay, next game was a bit shaky with his distribution. And he's come back from that again to actually then come out and have a proper Premier League start in which he's got an 80% pass completion rate. Like He's done very, very well. 80% pass completion, clean sheets. There's not much more you can ask for as an 18-year-old. Yeah, 100%. Just just very quickly, um, I'll come to you first on this one, Hannah, and then Sarah, feel free to follow on. Um, what, what, you know, Mike said it's too late to be having those conversations about what, what you do with Jared Brownsweet, but you know, next season is probably only, as we sit here now, in, in mid-July, uh, you know, six weeks away, two months away. Um, so Everton are going to have to start having those conversations. I mean, do, do you keep him as fourth centre-back? Do you, do you say you're going to play reserve football in the odd Premier League game or cup game? Or do you say, do what we've done with Lewis Gibson and say, go out on a loan and and play 30 games and, and develop somewhere else? I do. Uh, you know, it does seem very premature talking about it because we're judging this off, like, what, an hour and a half on the pitch. So it does seem really premature. And, like, again, it would be a good idea for him to go. Like, Gibson doesn't get more experience than that. But at the same time, like, the performance he put in on um, Monday, uh, Monday nights, proved that he's got the confidence already. He's an 18-year-old, but he could just slot in as your fourth and I think it's worth but, but what he's shown already I think it's worth taking that risk on him and not because as you said it's only six weeks and that and then if not then that could be something for next season because of how young he is there's no rush at all so I don't think there's a massive pressure to maybe send him somewhere else to get experience because I think very much where you, like I said, I said before how he's very vocal and everything on the pitch he's clearly got the confidence and that's so I don't think he needs to go and grow somewhere he could do it albeit if you had the right players around him at Everton. Hmm. What do you reckon, Sarah? Yeah, I'd quite like to see him stay on for the next season with Everton as well and, and be there to 
you know, when you've got a manager like Carlo Ancelotti in as well, what confidence is that going to be given to the young man if he's getting to train, work under a manager like that, one of the best in the world? And, you know, I wouldn't be opposed, obviously, to, to if they found a, a suitable club for him to go out on loan with and cut his teeth. But, yeah, it's been two games, hasn't it? Not even two full games that he's played, I don't think. But he certainly looks like he's cut from that cloth of players that can handle the pressure and, and can handle being in the Premier League. And, confident in himself he's come you know shot up the leagues and he's, he seems to slot in perfectly and add to that um you know you've got players like Mason Holgate who looks to be really coming into his own now at Everton and looks to be hopefully what will be a starter for us next season um Michael Keane's improved Jerry Mina uh, but yeah I, I, I would quite like to see him in and around Everton's first team next season but you know also like Mike just said there as well about the young lad last night for Villa, it can be dangerous to a player's career as well if you throw them in too much, too heavy, too deep, too soon. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see more of Jared Branthwaite in that lovely new blue Hummel Everton shirt because <laughs> I, I think he looks the business and um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what, what they decide to do. Just, just I know, you, I know you're going to make a point, Mike, but just something I was thinking about then when Sarah is speaking. Obviously, he's just turned 18, Jared Branthwaite. Lewis Gibson, who's, you know, was sort of having the marked by a lot of people to be that fourth centre-back next season, is a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. Even though we want to see the club get better at shipping these lads out on loan and find, you know, better homes for them when they make these temporary moves away. If you look at someone like Brantwaite and say, maybe he's just still a little bit too young to go out and do something like that, whereas Gibson is a little bit more experienced. He's had that spell of Fleetwood. Maybe he goes out and plays the next season on loan in full. Brantwaite's your fourth centre-back. And then you look at that loan move for Brantwaite in 12 months' time. Well, I think there's arguments for and against it. I think, first of all, I'd love to know what Lewis Gibson's thoughts are right now because, I, I don't know, like, he must be he tossing his head. You know, he's jumped the queue, hasn't he? Well, exactly. He, he, it's... It's almost a case of Lewis Gibson must be tossing and turning, thinking, bloody hell, if I would have stayed there, like he, he would be much more established and probably in a much better position if it would have gone as well as it has for Branthwaite, which you imagine it would because he's a very talented centre-half by the looks of it. Then you'd be in a position where you'd be saying that he's probably ready for Everton to just have him there now if it was the same sort of thing because, as you say, the age is such such a big thing there. Um, I think there's there's positives and negatives on both sides of it I think first thing that must be must be remembered that I think a lot of people are forgetting is this lad only signed for Everton in January he's been at the club for less than six months at this point so to then just go right okay off you go see you in a year is it's not as if it's someone who's come through the academy being at Everton has got to know members of the physio team, the first team training staff, or literally just day-to-day members around Finch Farm and has known them for years and sort of ingrained themselves in that culture. It's not like one of them young lads. It's not like sending someone like Kieran Dial on loan who's been at Everton forever. It's someone who's literally been there and probably still doesn't know people's names properly because it's just been all that whirlwind of a thing. And I think you've got to take those sorts of personal things into account as well. But the age is the big thing for me, Matt. I think you are right. Is Obviously, the plan for Lewis Gibson after signing his new deal was always you go to Fleetwood, you go and cut your teeth in men's football, see how it goes. You come back and then we send you to the Championship or Germany or wherever, foreign top league. 
you come back this season after that and you are playing for Everton. And that was agreed upon. That was what was always going to happen. And I still think that needs to happen with Lewis Gibson because come hell or high water, that lad has to play 30-plus games of men's football next year. Doesn't matter if it's for Everton. Doesn't matter if it's for Schalke. Doesn't matter if it's for Derby. He's got to play 30-plus games, but he's got to do it somewhere. And he's probably not going to do that at Everton unless there is a massive change. So he goes on loan. That's not going to change. So I don't think that we need to speak about this in terms of which one has risen above the other in the pecking order. I don't think that sort of is appropriate in terms of them because they're both developing centre-halves just at very different stages. I think what you said there, Matt, is quite right, is that what you could do is I think it would be beneficial for Branthwaite to stay around the club for the next 12 months, get ingratiated with the culture, learn to know people more, develop more relationships around the first team. And then when if he stays for a year, next year he'll just be 19 years old when he goes out on loan. Mm. Like that's not, it's not as if, like, because he's literally just turned 18. So even if you wait for a full year, he's 19 and then he goes on loan. And that is about the right age. Because, you know, like we've seen it with so many young players. If you send them a bit too early, it's sink or swim. But if you've had a year of sort of getting used to professional men's football at a high level. And then you go, right, now you're just going to go and you you are going to take responsibility somewhere, maybe drop down a little bit, and then you're going to come back. Those sorts of things I can really get on board with, but I don't think it should be discussed as in terms of which one's above the other in the pecking order. I do think it's two completely separate development stages. Mm, yeah, and I think, you know, in regards to you know, him not knowing people's name, a lot of our fans don't know his name yet. I've heard a lot of people call him Gerard Braithwaite. Yeah. Right. I'm, still, I'm still learning about him as well. I'm referring to him as the giraffe. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> the giraffe? Yeah. How, how come? Because, the, do you know what? The first time he legged it onto the pitch against Wolves, he looked like a baby giraffe. The bounciness <laughs> of the run. And I was like, I'll be honest with you. I sat there and I watched him come on and I went, oh my God, this is not going to end well. Do you know when you just have that initial thought and you're just like, bloody hell, mate, come on. But you know what made me eat me words? After that first shaky minute, he was fantastic. So I'm not going to let myself forget it. I'm not going to let myself forget that I labelled him out. So he's the giraffe. There was that spelled J-A-R-R-A. <gasps> I've got a giraffe army. I only realised that when I said oh, that. I said that. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, Jared. it's spelled with a J-A. The giraffe. All right. Yep. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> I like it. Right. Um, I think that's probably a good point to take a break. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. And then we'll have a chat about Pierre-Emile Hoiberg, who probably isn't going to come to Everton. And we'll talk about the prospect of being able to maybe relegate Bournemouth on the last day. That might be nice. Mike's got a big grin on his face. Hannah's nodding. I'm sure Sarah's very happy about that prospect as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll have a quick break and we'll be right back here on the weekly. Oh, back for the second part of the Blue Room. It's Sarah, Hannah and Mike joining me still. Uh, just before we get into talking about fun and games with Hoiberg, um, Hannah, you were talking in the break there about the, the kits and after the seemingly great start to life under Hummel, um, social media today has been a wash of people whose um, kits are just falling apart a bit. Yeah, and you know what, I'm guzzers because that's the thing. We were all a bit apprehensive, like, oh, is Hummel going to be guzzle or not? Then it was record sales. We were all buzzing about it. And now they've just put the badges on like a sticker. They're not embroidered. Like, they're like a school blazer. You know, when you have to, like, iron your own one on, that's literally mm. what the badges are like. <laughs> this what I've got here. And, like, after it's off, it's described, it's actually floating off the shares. And these are £70 shirts, do you know what I mean? And it's so embarrassing because they haven't even had time to be worn. 
Like, do you know what I mean? Like, people got the deliveries last week, and like, I've seen at least 15 of these, like, today, just like people tweeting just on my timeline, complaining about the same things, like, um, and like tagging fan services and all that. And they're like, oh, what's your order number? All shocked, but it's happening to that many people. And it's just that embarrassing, isn't it? That we've gone for this, like, kit maker who was obviously like, a, you know, nobody really knew the words, blah, got all the stick of that originally, but it's fine because the kit was gorgeous. But then now, like, it looks like it was made in, like, a textiles class. <laughs> like, no, it's so embarrassing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm fuming about this. Never straightforward with the kit, is it? There's always something yeah. that happens. Like, well, this happens with the training clobber as well, yeah. didn't it? Off the yeah. Umbo training clobber as well, so yeah. it's not a new thing to happen. But, like, people are literally, like, touching it, and it's peeling off. Like, sorry, though, that's absolute joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've ever used an iron-on badge for anything. Did you not do it for your blazer? I think my mum used to sew mine on. Oh god, very posh that. <laughs> you get you, you get you, get it, and you iron it onto your George blazer or something. That's what you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the front pocket. Yes, but that's what you would have done, yeah. Like it is. It's it so embarrassing. Yeah, and you, like you say, you know, the 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 launch of the kit was what a few days ago. Like you said, Hannah, these kits haven't even been put through the wash. And the badges, you know, and a lot of these kids are all made up, aren't they? They've got the new kit. I know when I was, you know, when you're a kid, you buzz off going where your parents go, you go get the new shirt and that. And all these parents are like, oh, I've seen one lad saying that his little daughter had gone to practice in it, at a footy practice and come back. And she was like, dad, I've never done it. I swear it wasn't me. Like, you know, <laughs> you know it wasn't her that broke it kind of thing. So, yeah, they need to have an urgent look at that because it's not good enough, is it? It's a bit embarrassing. Really embarrassing. And already, just on that as well, they already had all the thing last week of everyone taking all the kids' kits back because they've changed the sizes massively. And I, so I always wear large boys because it's stupid and I can. Whereas I look now with the sizes and it'd be like, it's cropped up. So, like, it's all these little, like, tight cut and corner things, which is quite worrying about Hummel's first Premier League. Mm. Like, because it is just screaming cheap at the minute, isn't it? Trying to get all little kids some more expensive shirts and then make doing stickers on them. Maybe it's just in case Everton are terrible next year and we decide we don't support them anymore. Again, you can just peel the badge off. And you've, got <laughs> nice, you've got a nice humble top or a nice humble uh, jacket there in case. You know, it's thinking ahead. Maybe giving benefits of the doubt there. Yeah, no, maybe they cheap. understand us better than we think. <laughs> just take that off there. It's a perfectly decent shirt. Just get rid of the badge for a few days. Yeah, just, just just embrace the chevrons about everything. It's absolutely fine. I remember, I remember in 2004, before the uh, Euros, I got Rooney 9 on the back of an England kit. And he, uh, and he left in me. Well, obviously he left <laughs> straight after that. And I got me, yeah. I got me mum to uh, basically get the iron on it and iron off Rooney to <laughs> an English shirt with 9 on the back. <laughs> there nice. were a few to wear it otherwise. It was absolutely top it. Yeah, uh, fingers, love that, mate. Yeah, fingers crossed it all gets sorted. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about uh, Hoiberg. Um, Sarah, I'll come to you first. Um, doesn't like it's going to happen now. Are you that bothered? Absolutely not, Matt. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Um, to be honest with you, when I saw we were linked to them in the first place, we were talking talks to them. It was all saying that it, it was nail on. He was going to come to Everton and that. And I thought, do you know what? Is he better than what we've got in the midfield? Maybe. Mm. Not gonna set. It was never gonna set the world alight. It's not an exciting signing uh, by any stretch. And you know, you see the odd videos, don't you, where it makes him look like he's absolutely class. But 
Um, you also saw a lot of Southampton fans saying that he's nothing special and all the rest of it. But for me, once you've got a player and it's understood that he's repeatedly said that Spurs is where he wants to go. Now you look at the position we found ourselves in for years now with with players that don't really want to be here, but they're just happy to to collect their wage and and be a Premier League team. Um, is that really the message we want to be sending out, going after a player if they're they're like, no, look, this is where I want to go. Actually, I don't want to go. I think I, I think if that is true, then it just makes us. Uh, it's just the kind of positions we found ourselves in with players maybe that don't fully fully want to be here. Um, it's not like he was an, a signing that was getting us all excited particularly anyway. Um, but I think that defensive midfield kind of kind of player is so hard to come by now. Like we need to improve. There's no doubt our midfield needs massive, massive work. But um I don't think any of us are gonna lose sleep over the fact that he's he looks to be Tottenham bound. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that argument, Hannah, about players wanting to be here and stuff, you know, you, you see it all the time on Twitter, don't you? You know, people saying, well, you know, who's asked if he wants to be here or not? He's a good player, he improves what you've got, et cetera, et cetera. Then you get people saying, well, you know, we need to improve the squad and, and the mentality of the squad, that, you know, all, all that kind of thing. But I think when when someone has, you know, come out and not said himself blatantly that he wants to move to Spurs, but clearly got his agent to brief to a lot of different people that this lad does not want to come to Everton. He desperately wants to go to Tottenham. I think it's probably wise to move on, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And not being funny, if you've got a manager like Carla Gonzalez, he's saying that an admirer of yours and that's not an attractive enough prospect to come to the club, mm. then nothing's going to be, you know what I mean? But I think it, what said is then it's ex- exactly right. The problem is, over the last few years, we've spent so much money and not spending it because we'll go in and get a half-assed player. The likes of like Delft is the biggest example. Just went and spent money on him, has no passion to be in the team at all. And this is the problem. We're paying high price tags for players. Like it was what saying we put it off for him for 25 mil for him. It weren't just like a cheap little signing to take us over. Do you know what I mean? He was coming in to sort of change that area. So if you've got someone coming in who's not that bothered about being there, when they're not committed, we're going to go back to kicking off like we do with Delph, like we do with Gilfield, or then people who we thought were going to be the game changers in the middle and have that passion. So we need someone in coming and changing the dynamics. So if we're chasing somebody who doesn't want to come and the likes of being managed by Carlo and Shalotti isn't attractive to them, then why keep chasing them? Do you know what I mean? It was somebody who we all, once the reports came out, we were like, oh, but it wasn't somebody who'd be like, oh, we've got to get him next season. Yeah. He's a priority to change our team. It was once the idea got put there, you started seeing like charts and that put up, like comparing his defensive and attacking capability compared to like Gomez and Tom. Okay, yeah, fine. But for me, it had to, I had to have all that presented in front of me to be like, oh, okay, then that could be a good prospect. To me, it wasn't something straight away. I was like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what we need. So no, if it's eyes or not. Catches the eye as you can go, oh, he's No, exactly. Exactly. So for twenty five mil, and he actually, and for some reason, we've had to like, we'd have to drag him here. Then no, do you know what I mean? It's the like the window hasn't even opened. It's the first strong rumored name that we've had. Like, it, I'm not bothered at all. That's the thing. It, the, the idea had to get put to me, and I had to read loads about some potentially being there, what he could bring to actually care. So now that's yeah. not going to happen. I'm not bothered. Do you know what I mean? It's not devastating or anything. Mike, would you have liked to have seen Danish international Pierre Emil Hoiberg in his Danish Everton Hummel kit with the badge falling off? <laughs> yeah, yeah do, do you know what? We, we spoke about this a couple of months ago when the, the interest was first um, thrown up by the Athletic, I think it was. And um, we said then it was a deal that if the player wants to come and 
money was right, yeah, be quite happy to have him. He's kind of the player that I need. But I feel like I say this every summer. Don't get sucked in. Don't like to, to all this now. Don't get sucked in by it. There is no point because with all of these transfer stories, no matter if they are true, no matter if they are false, they all come with an agenda behind them from someone. Every single one of them does. And this one, well, when this sort of initially broke last night, that just all at once. It, first of all, it was Everton have bid accepted. Then it was Everton have agreed personal terms. Then it was he's been at Finch Farm, despite the ridiculous regulations that are around footballers actually going to Finch Farm. Seeing as Yannick Balassi can't even get to, to get to Finch Farm at the moment, <laughs> I'm not sure that Hoiberg has been there, to be honest with you. And I'm it just the fact that uh, Yannick's emerged as like a, a Twitter hero for our times in, in, in the lockdown for Evertonians at the moment. It's mental. Oh, really? Like, yeah. it's, it's mad. <laughs> Did you see just that quick what he put up this morning where he was there with his garden, like doing trading, and he's got like his name, like a pure logo across all his stuff. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Made me howl. Anyway, sorry, Mike. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but yes, it sort of all came at once and came very specifically from South Coast-based journalists. And with that, it was very fishy at the time. And I think we both said this, Matt, last night. It was quite obvious that something was afoot that wasn't completely accurate. And as it emerged, Everton haven't actually put in a second bid. It's quite obvious that what's happened is Everton have had interest in the player. That was quite obvious. I've had conversations with Southampton I've outlined the bid proposal that's been turned down. I've had conversations with the player, at which point they've been t- they've been told, no, I want to go to Spurs. They've come back on, really? Do you want to go to Spurs? And he's gone, yes, I would like to go to Spurs. And they've gone, okay then. Well, Southampton, he doesn't want to come to us. So we'll see you later. And Southampton have gone, oh no. <laughs> well, this means that Danny Levy can do what Danny Levy does. And he can now basically just rinse us for the best part of 50 million quid wait until October and get in the last minute because all the player all the powers with the player who has one year left on his deal what we best do is make it sound like Evan have had a bid accepted for a lot more money than they're willing to pay because that way he might flap it and just offer us the money straight away and if we make it sound like it's a done deal it might actually happen that's all that's happened and it was quite obvious from the fishy nature of it that that was what was going on and everyone just, it's going to happen so many times this summer. It's happened so many times in the past with players on Outovich and the rest of them, whether it's new contracts or angling for a move somewhere else. Everton's name being linked and thrown in is always going to happen. The only difference is that Everton were actually interested in this player in the start. And it was quite a fortunate little thing for Southampton to throw in and just try and get Spurs to actually pay all that money. But it would have been nice to have him. He's not coming. And that's the end of it. Like, it. There's no big saga because it, as you read on social media, it's like, oh, well, some people are saying he's coming. So, well, no, it's quite obvious that that's what's happened. And whether you think it's bad news, Phil Kirkbride, bad news, Paddy Boyland or whoever it's going to oh, be. Can we make sure that catches up, please? <laughs> Mate, I, I want there to be a bad news Boyland, I'm telling <laughs> you. Bad, bad news Boyland is the and he, thing. He was nicknamed for stuff as well. So if people see him around town, you know, that, do you call him that? He, he loves he loves those sorts of things. What what Paddy would like more than anything in the world is if you see him out with me on Bold Street and we're having a nice bit of food somewhere, you shout, hey, bad news, Boyland. Like that, Adam. Yeah. He'd love that. Absolutely buzz off it. Yeah, he's got so much time for that sort of thing. So Honestly, 
He would not look with disgust or disdain, and it would not ruin his day, I promise. <laughs> and we wouldn't mind it either, you know, it's fine. We, yeah. But you know what? He's it's got such a good it. ring somewhere. It's yeah. not like about it's... us, Matt. It's about him, and he'd really like it. Yeah. We just want to help our mate. We do. We want to help Bad News Boyland. Yeah. But uh, just, just another thing, Mike, I really enjoyed your breakdown of that saga then. You know, it's very spin doctory. Oh, mate, Malcolm Tucker at your heart out, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a few more squeezes thrown in there and, and, and you'll be laughing. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, I think we've, we've pretty much done all we can there with the, the whole big stuff. Um, like Mike said, I think I'm of the opinion that I wasn't really that fussed about him signing. Doesn't like it's going to happen when we move on. Um, if you've got a big scouting network like Everton Harp and you've got lots of people watching lots of different players all over the world, then you should be able to find a, a replacement. Well, that's it. That's it. Like, he obviously, he was a prospective target that Evan had outlined as like, this is a cheap option in the Premier League of getting a Premier League proven player. Of going, you've got to really just sound it out, see if it's doable. If it's not, you move on to your other options. So now this is where the Marcel Brands has to end his corn, really, isn't it? It's you, all right, you can't get option number one. Go and try, go and actually invest some time in actually finding the right player for Everton that might not be in this league because that's the harder deal to do to get right and that's where what we brought him in for I think you've said this before Matt we didn't bring him in to sign those obvious signings at slightly inflated prices this right now is what he was he was brought into the club to do is find players that can come in from other leagues and adapt to the Premier League at market rates that's what he was signed for, and that's what he's got to go out and do. Yeah, um, we've had a couple of questions in along these sorts of lines. Uh, ben, uh, who's been on the show last week, said, all of you name one player. Uh, not really much a question for Ben, just telling us what to do. I like it. Um, all, of you, <laughs> all of you name one player that you think, um, think in brackets, not necessarily want. You would say Everton will 100% sign this summer. Then you can look back at the end of the window to see who is right. So not a player who you want to see us sign, but a player who we will sign um i'm saying right now you can't say scott mctominay because it's too obvious uh, sarah i'll come to you now on this one first oh one that we're definitely gonna sign yeah oh i'm gonna go i don't think it will happen i'd like it to happen i'm gonna go jack Grealish. oh that would be if you, a like question but i don't think we will <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's Especially different now we've got Carlo Ancelotti, isn't it? Before I'd have gone like nail on like Troy Deeney or something like that. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised actually if we did get a couple of Watford, you know, maybe a Capoue, Decore, something like that. The teams mm. that are going down. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I couldn't, I couldn't give you a definite, Ben. I apologise for that, mate. I, I, I love Grealish, but I was watching him last night and I was just sort of thinking that. If you take him out of Villa, then I think you lose 10, 20% of him as a player. Certainly at the moment, maybe Definitely. a bit more mature, it's different. But he just, you know, he pauses his heart and soul into every performance with that club. And I think it might just be a bit different for him everywhere else. But um, that's, that's for another show. Uh, Hannah, who do you reckon? Around the same as Sarah. Like, I, I couldn't name, you know, when I've got people I'd be optimistic about, but people I don't think that we're actually going to. Um, no, sorry, I could not. Name one, I think we will. Yeah, no. there we go. Just tr- just trusting Gilfie and uh, and Tom Davis in midfield again next year. No, no, no. If it was <laughs> a wish list, I could give you a wish list. But some of <laughs> I think we will hundred percent. Don't have a clue. Look, Gabriel, don't have a clue at this race. Gabriel, the centre back. You're having him. As I'm going to do, I like still don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> do we? It's still very much not going to happen. 
and I was going to sit on the fence. Uh, Mike, come on, Mike, give us the definite. David Brooks? Well, um, I've heard lots of things about the law of attraction recently. So what I'm going to do... Right, I'm excited to see where this is going. What I'm going to do is I'm going to positively manifest what I want to happen into reality. So it's not, it's not just what I want. It is going to happen. You've got David, Brooks, right. David Brooks is going to sign for Everton. That's going to happen. Like, um, it's going to, it's just because he's perfect. He's just Everton. He's from Warrington. He's a massive wool and he's just <laughs> great. He just, yeah, we need him and it's going to happen. I'm going to manifest it. Like, it's not just what I want, it's what will happen. David Brooks will sign for Everton. There you go. I reckon Ben will be delighted with that. That is a proper answer to his... Statement. That's a proper answer. There's a lot of passion there, there Hanani. Yeah. Yeah. You've basically done what he told you to do there. Yeah. Honestly, if, like, if there's one thing, if there's one thing I can do, it's it's what I'm told. Just um, don't <laughs> don't ask me, Mum. Yeah. Finally, then, just before we wrap up, um, I'll, I'll come to you first on this one, Mike, because I imagine you're going to be most scathing um, it would be nice to relegate Bournemouth on Sunday, wouldn't it? Just for something a little bit different. I don't really care. No, of course I care. <laughs> oh my God, I care so much. I never, ever, ever, ever want Everton to have to play at the Vitality Ground ever again. It's not even a ground, it's a shed. And it's a cursed shed. It's just <laughs> crap. And Everton will never, ever pick up three points in that place. Just never going to happen because there have been so many horrible things happen there. I guarantee you that that place is built on an Indian burial ground. It must be full of Evertonian Indians. It must be. (laughs) It's ridiculous just how much Everton have had heartbreak at that place in such a little amount of time. Like, I, like I you're think, just going like, to gloss over that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah just let it go. But, you know, <laughs> just please, like, this is up there with two years ago when I pleaded with Swansea City to relegate Southampton, and they didn't do it. I made an impassioned plea on behalf of everyone in the world and it didn't happen (laughs) but bloody hell Everton you've got it in your hands to get rid of your one of the worst bogey grounds you've had in recent memory and at the same time you could buy a player who would fit incredibly well into your system if you relegate this team don't screw it up I swear to god I will never (laughs) forgive you if you screw this up I never want Bournemouth back ever again get rid (laughs) Just just get rid of them. Let them go and be gone with it. And I'll never forgive you if you don't. So basically what I'm saying is, come on, Villa. <laughs> um, Sarah or Hannah, do you feel as passionately about that as Mike? I don't think we have as much the passion or the figure of speech that Mike used. <laughs> It'd be great to see them go down, overstay the welcome as they've been the probably the most annoying place for us to go to in the past like what like four years where you know a late goals come and then it's just all it's horrendous just to to as well isn't it is in a way fan and there's not you don't get the exactly nothing's good about it well. yeah. yeah and like Bournemouth do you know what I mean like 
it like it's just one of them places, do you know what I mean? Like if they like were in the Prem, no one was cared about the place or anything, do you know what I mean? So I'm not bothered. The other week as well, you know. Exactly, they were the idiot ribbon and being able to go out for more than an hour a day as well. So no. I've overstayed the welcome, get rid. Not that we know anything about that in this city, like with uh, with some people. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Us lot are. Yeah, us lot are, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sarah, what about you? Oh, mate, I don't have pleasant memories of the Vitality Stadium. None of us do, do we? You know, looking at a 14-hour bloody long car journey to to go there and throw away three points in the dying seconds to a Ake goal or something like that. No, it's it, it's not it's not a team that's going to be missed. Uh, you know, how how many times have we seen us chuck away the win last minute? Or, you know, it's not been a place, it's not been a happy hunting ground for us as well as that it's an absolute arsehole to get to. So, um, yeah, I think, I think I'm with, with the rest of you guys there where I'd, I'd happily see us uh, send them down uh, on the weekend 100%. Yeah, I think it's one of them for Mike, I think, where you know, he's not asked about Everton winning football matches, but he's definitely asked about Bournemouth getting relegated. <laughs> <laughs> he kills me. I'm expecting him to, because they gave it the big one at the weekend. Yeah, he got the full kiss on and everything. He's gone. I think, it's, I think his connection's gone again. So. He said what he needed. It's like a mic, a mic drop moment. Just yeah. like, there you go. He said, he, he said what he needs to say about Bournemouth, and that's it. That's it. Uh, Underlined, I think. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll end it there <laughs> really enjoyed that show uh, cheers to Mike uh, if he listens back to this uh, cheers to Hannah and Sarah as well that's been your weekly show uh, we've got a couple more pods coming up this week as well uh, kick about with Rob uh, are you on that Hannah this week? I'm actually this. I had my little stints didn't I where I was never off with Rob but no you've got to see if you chat now Yes, well, me and Rob did a lot of serious sports chats. Thank you very, very much. Nice. There we go. <laughs> uh, I'm back with Rob tomorrow as well. We've got a transfer pod, which me and Mike are on. There might be more form of chat on there. Um, check it out. It might be good. Uh, yeah, cheers to Hannah. Cheers to Sarah. Thanks to Mike. That's been your weekly show. We'll speak to you again soon. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.